Today's show is brought to you in partnership with GiveSum. GiveSum is a platform that got on my radar last year. I've been watching with anticipation as they built out their solution. What they have built is brilliant. It's an online platform that allows companies who are already giving to seamlessly engage their employees in the experience by allowing them to choose the causes that matter most to them and choosing where the funds are donated. As my listeners know, I believe that corporate giving needs to be a table stakes when it comes to how we as leaders run our companies. And I also know that sometimes those donations and acts of support don't always connect to the people on our teams. GiveSum solves that problem by creating a bridge where you as a leader can now allow your team to select the causes and charities that matter most to them, and then, through the platform itself, receive direct feedback on the impact of those funds. Gone is the need for the once-a-year town hall or a company-wide email to share what causes the org supported last year. GiveSum allows your team to pick the charities and get direct feedback on the impact the dollars had. One of the best parts, GiveSum does not take a percentage of the donation. 100% of the dollars donated go directly to the charity and to the people who need it the most. GiveSum works with your company, and for a set fee, they administer the entire process. If you're already giving, which statistically speaking, you most likely are, visit GiveSum.com and find out how you can get your entire company involved in making a difference for the people who need it most. Hello and a warm collisions. Why I say welcome to my two guests this morning, Skylar and BJ Fuchs. How are you guys doing? Mm. Good. Thank you very much for having us. We're excited to be here. Oh, it's absolutely my, my pleasure. Um, you guys are the creators, the founders, the energy, the passion behind Business Wide View, connecting farmers and ranchers. So I always love to not make the audience be in the dark or guess. Let's jump in the quick pitch elevator. BJ, I'll turn it to you. What is Business Wide View all about? A little bit why you created it, and we'll bounce back and forth and get you guys to set the stage a little bit, and then we'll dive into the substance and the content that you guys are putting out there. Yeah, no, sounds good. Um, yeah, thanks for having us, Tyler. We're super stoked to be uh, on here. Um, Business Wide View um, is a platform for farmers and ranchers. Uh, we're, we're ranchers ourselves. Uh, we we identified um, a couple pain points in the industry that we were personally experiencing, and um, that's kind of when it all got created. Um, we got together with some other farmers and ranchers, and uh, Skyler said. Uh, who better to build something for farmers and ranchers than farmers and ranchers themselves? So that's how Business Wide View came about. Um, even though Business Wide View doesn't scream egg, um, you know, one of the things that we really wanted to to um, achieve was a lot of farms and ranches uh, here in Alberta and, and, and I'm sure across the world are family owned. And they we need to start treating them like a business. So that's where the word business came in. And then the wide view is, you know, we need to take off our blinders um, just because grandpa and our uncles and our dads did it one way uh, with today's modern technologies. Um, we need to have a, a, a wider view on how we run our business. I, the, I, thank you for breaking that down as clearly. And I grew up, as you and I have chatted, I grew up in an ag, I grew up in a farming community where it literally was farm, farm after farm after farm, all passed down two, three, at least most of them were three generations deep. And then seeing evolution and seeing the one farmer who would step out and maybe try no-till for the first time and everyone would be questioning at the coffee shop what he was doing. And it's an interesting environment of, you know, you're forced to innovate and you're forced to try to always make things better, but there still is that resistance of, well, that's not how we always did it. <laughs> that can be very dangerous. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm going to be really ignorant. I'm going to be really, I'm going to be blunt and, bl and blatant here because I, I, I like to be clear. If I'm listening and I don't really know much about this world, what's the difference between a farmer and a rancher? It maybe feels like a silly question, but I want my audience to know the difference before we launch in here. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm sure. Skylar, how would you break okay. that? Well, I, either, either of you, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in my eyes, a, a rancher is a producer. We, we produce protein, really. Um, so we have chickens, pigs, cows. Uh, to me, that's a rancher. It's usually when you're tending to livestock. Uh, farmer is more grain, so they're dealing with the land, putting in crops and taking off crops every year and, yeah, putting up feed for the livestock. So that's how I would define the difference, I guess. One's raising protein and one's growing grains. <laughs> I love it. That is super simple and straightforward. And I've never heard it broken down quite so simply. So thank you for that. All right. We've now set the tone. Our audience is, is informed. How long, you've, how, how long have you guys been doing this? What's the timeline here? Just to give us a little bit of the business story behind this thing. Yeah, sure. So our, our interview process with other farmers and ranchers and egg service providers um, started here probably a year ago um, is when we really started talking about, okay. you know, mm -hmm. a, a new modern use 
modern day technology um, to help out the ag industry. Um, we launched our platform um, end of September uh, last fall. Um, it, oh, nice! And, so not and, even a year, not even a year yet. Live, congrats! That's awesome. Yeah, not even a year, Tyler. And and you know, it's it's really really taken off. Um, you know, we got a lot of uh, support when we first launched uh, in late September. Um, and Skylar and I are are always looking for you know what's next. What what more can we do? to support our industry that we're so passionate about. So um, in January, uh, Skylar's like, dad, we, we should do a podcast. And I said, Skylar, I, I'm not a podcaster. Like, well, what do you mean we should do a podcast? And um, she's like, well, first of all, you, you got the perfect face for radio or podcast because no one gets to see it. Um, <laughs> you know what? I've heard that. I, I appreciate that joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyways, and BJ, you, uh, you, you, you like to talk. You like to talk. So I think you've got the right formula. It's from one yeah. podcaster to another. I, th- I get it. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I, I do. I, I do like to talk, and I, and I darn sure like to talk about uh, our industry and, and um, you know the balance between uh, family operated business uh, between the workload and and the family uh, side of things, and um, you know our industry. Um, we need support in it. I mean, at the bottom line, and and I can get into that in, in whatever level of detail um, you see fit, Tyler. But I, I feel our industry needs some help, and um, for for many different reasons. So, because we're so passionate about it, um, we thought let let's let's do what we can do. So we, we launched our podcast um, in in January. That's been really taken off. We've had a lot of really really good guests. Um, you know when we were doing our interviews and, and we're talking to our audience, you know, they tell us what they want. We, we, we don't, we, we don't have all the answers, but what business wide view does is we created a platform for everybody to jump on and knowledge share and, and, and maybe learn something new. Um, you know, back in the day, you referenced it uh, a little bit ago, back in the day, you know, people used to go to the local coffee shop and, and that's where they would get their, their news and what's going on. Well, um, in today's world, we, we get to do podcasts. Um, we, we get to jump on apps, um, and we get to reach our neighbors are no longer a few miles down the road. Our, our neighbors are now to the province beside us, to the country beside us and, and, uh, all over the place worldwide. I, I appreciate that context and, 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 and the shift of where technology is taking it and, you know, people sometimes not realizing the pr- how prolific and technology is. Even the social media apps, when you're spending time in your self-driving combine now, what are you doing? You're online, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter. Like you're using these tools that sometimes don't always get associated with rural or, or ag environment. I want to, I want to circle back on something you mentioned earlier. Like there's a lot of tradition and there's a lot of fam- the family farm versus farming as a business. And, a trend that I saw, I grew up in Southern Quebec and large farming area in the Chattagee Valley, right up against the U.S. border. And there was definitely a trend for growth and large, like the standard 100-acre family farm that supported 30 head of cattle and you had a rotation of hay. Like That was going away and it was like buy more land and the land grab was on and bigger corporate operations were coming in and, and almost monocropping because that's where they could get the best subsidies. And I saw that trend 20 years ago, which drove land prices up, made the family farm almost unserviceable as a model. And then you had the sons and daughters coming along going, all right, let's buy up the three farms on each side because we need it to be bigger to support this family unit now. How's that compare? And and that's, again, a bit of a 20-year-old trend that I saw when I moved away from Quebec to, to Alberta. Don't really know it. How does that compare to what's been going on here over the last 20 years in kind of Alberta or just Western Canada? Yeah, that's a good question. It's still very much... So go ahead, Skylar. What are your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> as 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 the next generation sitting amongst us here today coming along, what's your perspective on that from how you're looking at at ranching and farming? Yeah, so I'm young, obviously. So I was very little twenty years ago, but yep. it's very much. <laughs> but you're kind of living like, it right now in your world, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. It's very much like that still, especially here too. Like you, they're constantly wanting more land. The average farm where I'm at is you know ten thousand to twenty thousand acres, right? <laughs> Okay, right on. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it's big operations. It's definitely getting run like a business, and it's less uh, less diversified now, which I think um, is starting to maybe be a struggle. Uh, for example, back when BJ was a kid, you had your own milk cow, you had chickens, you had pigs, you had beef, 
and you put some crop in. So you were very diversified and you were able to hit a market of some sort where here nowadays it's you're either beef or your grain or your chicken. It's very diversified. Um, or sorry, it's not very diversified. So that would be my thing. It's still very much like that. That's my opinion on it. But BJ might have some more knowledge on that. No, I appreciate the perspective and the risk of like, okay, we're going to be like, again, we've all been told in any business class, you need to specialize, you need to really focus in, but it makes you very market, like mono market reliant. And that's incredibly dangerous as commodity prices swing up and down. And like, we live in a province where everything's affected by one form of commodity price or another. I, I really like that. I really like that perspective. We've pushed in a direction like, okay, we'll need, we need 10,000 of something just to be successful. But now we're, we're so exposed if anything happens in that one, that one pillar. BJ, what's your perspective? That's, that was a great answer. Thanks, Skylar. Give me some fresh perspective on that. Mm. Yeah, no, totally agree with Skylar there. And, and just, to, just to add to that. So, you know, um, a family operated agricultural business. Um, unfortunately, a lot of us, and I'm no different, um, we have to do other jobs and get other revenue to be able to expand our our ranch or our farm to give our kids the opportunity to carry on. Um, And, you know, again, how many, you know, we're, we're kind of a, uh, a special breed, I guess you could say for lack of better uh, word (laughs) for for the fact of, you know, how, how many of us, um, you know, have them outside jobs. And we schedule our days off and and put in extra days in in each day to get all our tasks needed to be done on the farm and ranch, just so we can be in the industry that helps feed not only us but the rest of the world. And I I see a bit of a, a, a maybe a, a bit of a, a change. Um, yeah, you're right. It was it was all about getting bigger and and being more focused in one area. Um, was kind of the trend, you know, these last 20 years. And I would, I would be scared to say that, uh, maybe we're starting to see a, a different trend now. Um, our, our cattle market, okay. you know, is, is hot right now. And um, what I mean by that is, is prices are, are hitting some, um, some, some, some prices that we haven't seen before. Now, in my opinion, that's where they need to be. Um, our input costs have went up so huge in the last few years. Um, the price for our product is lagging a bit. So this year, we're starting to see that. Um, we kick out a weekly cattle report um, every week uh, brought to us by team, uh, one of our partners. Um, and so with, with these hot cat, cattle prices, what does that mean for, for the consumer? Uh, does that mean that they're going to be able to afford this premium beef Mm -hmm. that alberta offers i sure hope so but knowing what what beef prices have been in this store the last couple of years i know the rancher has been making that money um then i know the feedlot guys aren't making that big money so what next steps Mm -hmm. who are who is making that big money I i mean we've got our packers after you know the product leaves our places and uh you know we've got the retail stores so you know Again, with business wide view and, and connecting people within the industry, you don't have to be an egg to appreciate what business wide view is doing. You can be a consumer that wants to learn more about farming and ranching. And, you know, we got all sorts of information on, on our app. Um, you know, I, I'm going to let out a little secret here, Tyler. We, we've got a, an egg channel uh, we're going to be uh, kicking out here right away. And, and the reason we want to go with the egg channel is as a lot of people don't have or maybe prefer to watch a short video versus um, read a short article. So now mm-hmm. we've got these these videos um, on, on the Egg channel and on the, on the Business Wide View app that the consumer can actually start learning what steps are taking place to put that food on their plate. And, and then that relationship can be built from there. And maybe the, the consumer wants to buy directly from the producer, which is another option. And so I, I see maybe that's maybe the... the 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 new way of um you know us egg producers um getting some niche markets is is maybe we sell directly to the consumer if it makes sense to do so 
I appreciate that perspective. And I, the last few years I've been, I deal with Colleen Biggs over at TK Ranch. That's where I get my beef from. And uh, I met Colleen a bunch of years ago, had her on the podcast, got to really understand how they do what they do. And, but I also really appreciate as a marketer, uh, back to like business fundamentals, core competencies. If my core competency is raising animals for protein, my core competency might not be building a website and doing e-commerce and selling direct to the consumer. Like I do appreciate like as a, as consumers were, I believe there's a trend. Farmers, markets are busier. People want to know where their food's coming from. They want to have a connection to it. I think we're starting down that path. I don't think it's universal. And maybe in Alberta, we're fortunate because we're a little more connected than if you live in a big US city and you don't even, you know, your food comes from the grocery store. That's all you know about it. But I do appreciate from a, you know, even what you're doing to create this platform, how do you support these producers to get a whole new set of skills that allows them to go to the consumer. And then the consumer understanding that it's safe, that it's easy, that you're actually supporting local. Like I love it, but I don't want to underestimate that there's a bit that it's a bit of a gap. Like, so I don't know, what's your perspective and is that just where we need to go? And we got to put in the time to get there to take kind of control of our own customers from an ag perspective. Yeah. I, I don't know if, if we need, need to go there, but it's, it's definitely an option that could be explored. Um, you know, it's, and, and, you know, it goes right back to the business wide view. It, it's having other options on how we can market our products. And, you know, it's very important in my opinion that, you know, that consumer does get educated. Um, it, it's as equally as important that we have a platform that not only the producers can, can knowledge share and, and leverage off of others experiences, but it's also a platform that can educate um, the consumer, or it can also educate someone new that wants to get in the industry. Uh, we need the next generation to come into the industry and, and, and keep promoting our industry because, um, let's face it with, without the agriculture industry, um, this whole world would be in a world of hurt. <laughs> the whole thing falls apart real quick. Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing just to touch on on the consumer side of things is, you know, in my dad's generation, everybody that you talk to, well, their dad or their grandpa was a farmer. <laughs> and so they understood it better. Where my generation is, some people don't even remember how long ago their family's been in agriculture. So yeah. they are so far removed that they don't understand, A, where their food comes from, or B, what a producer has to do to get that food on their table. So with Business Wide View and the Egg Channel, we have videos and you know write-ups on, okay, here's a day in the life of a producer raising beef cows, or here's a day in the life hmm. of a farmer doing grain to get bread, right? So it's interesting that way where the consumers can actually follow along and be like, holy crap, like they bring the calves in their house? That's insane. Like, <laughs> wow. Well, that, they work on Christmas? Holy moly. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a really good Holidays, point, what? No, cow, cows, yeah. need to be, cows need to be fed. Chores need to be done. doesn't matter. There's no holidays on a farm. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Or there's no Especially hours. when you have animals. Especially when you have animals. Yeah. And it's not a clock in or clock out. You know, I don't start my day at 9 a.m. and I'm done by 5 regardless of what I get done. It's a, we start as soon as we possibly can in the morning. And we go until the job's finished. Whether that's a 10, 12, 15 hour day, we do it because we have to, because there's lives depending on us, right? There's there's the livestock that's depending on us, but also you sitting there in a restaurant, you're depending on us to get you food there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hundred percent. Do you find that uh, you know over the last few years, and I'm just kind of going off on my own thought here. So many documentaries on like, oh my god, look how bad the beef industry is. Look at how bad this industry is. I haven't seen as much, and I know the news or inter entertainment tends to be negative. It gets more eyeballs, but there isn't doesn't seem to be as many that are telling like what you guys are talking about. Well, no, no. Let's just let's give you a day in the life. Let's show you a story that's you know I would say in inherently more positive. But there's been so much negativity around our food supply and. And some of the mass produced and some of the things that don't, nobody can see them and go, oh, geez, that doesn't look great. You know, you see animals being processed or treated in a, in a large scale industrial environment. It doesn't look appealing versus what it sounds like you guys are putting together is like, no, no, let's just tell an honest story that allows people to get connected with more of the family farm experience versus mass, in, mass industry, which does everything maybe at scale and loses some of that connection to the animal that this is our food, that we care about it versus like, we just got to process it and get as many packages out in the truck as we can it's two very different storylines right <laughs> yeah i yeah i want to touch on this because this is very passionate for me um we regard it's very it's 
it's so left field what people believe of us versus what actually happens. Um, like we said earlier, producers today, whether that's grain or livestock, it's in a mass scale because you need to be that big to make money, right? To be profitable in this industry. So it's a huge operation, but you're crazy to think that, you know, my mom doesn't have a favorite cow and every year it's like, <laughs> Oh, you know, Seven Eleven, she calved and she had a heifer. Like we are still so connected to each and every cow that we have, or, you know, piece of machinery that we worked hard for. We are so connected. It's not a mass scale. Let's get as many as we can. It's, we're still connected to all of them and we still treat them like we have three of them and they're our best friends, you know? That's, I appreciate that. Hey, I got to touch on something. Um, is it still green or red? Like, do you, do you have, like, are, are certain farms green farms? And certain, I grew up on a green farm, so that's why I'm asking. And when you were a kid growing up on a green farm, you wore that hat really proudly. So <laughs> does, is it still a green and red or some, is, is there an orange in there, maybe blue or some, some other colors when it comes to equipment anyways? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think uh, anybody. There's a more, there's Anyone to grab on the John Deere versus Case IH battle, <laughs> and then and you've got Kubota now as a bigger player than when I was a kid that was just coming on the scene. Anyways, so I'm going way back to my. I was in equipment. We did. I didn't grow up on a on a. I grew up on a, on a farm, so we processed grain. So we grew up. With, I grew up with tons of equipment, not so much animals. We had a cat and a dog. That was that was our farm. So not the protein side <laughs> of things, but definitely grew up as a tractor kid for sure. Still am to this day. I still love a good tractor any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, there's still there's still some operations who run strictly green and some who run strictly red but yeah like you said there's more variety you'll see the you'll see a blue tractor now pulling a cedar and so, yeah. but i definitely think it's still a oh you're either pro john deere or pro case or whatever totally right? yeah okay that's what yeah. i was checking in on I, you know i've kind of lost touch over the years i know i'm still pro john deere but <laughs> my dad has a Kubota digger and i love using it it is the best little piece of equipment you could ever ask for the things you can do with that thing as a whole like it's i can spend days on it but anyways i i digress my farm roots are my, my sorry my roots are showing um <laughs> When you think about the future of this thing, and obviously I really appreciate your passion of your why, like why you're connected to it, you believe in it, but you took a step beyond that and said, well, let's include other people in our story. Let's make it accessible, not just, I love what you guys said about, when I look at this, it feels very specifically targeted for the ag space. But you're like, no, no, we want to create a channel where consumers can come in and understand our world. Keeping people out or putting up a wall or putting up a curtain doesn't let people understand and then allow them to hopefully make maybe different decisions. So I really appreciate that. And, and I, it's no small feat because the taking on the banner of educating and informing and sharing and including, it's great to say, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of work to do. So when you guys get excited about the future down the road, you're not even a year live with the platform. Where do you see this going in terms of like your, you know, your, your North star, your big hairy audacious goal, or just what you guys are the most passionate about that this could actually change in the industry. If, if, if all goes according to plan, quote unquote. Mm. Yeah. Skylar's got a big uh, grin in her face. I'm going to let her jump in on that one oh, or whoever. <laughs> dad, dad, dad can speak. Okay. You're both have big grins on your face right now. So, okay. Yeah. Jump in, please. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we got big dreams for this, you know, and it's all about, um, we're all in this together. Uh, let's face it, whether you're a consumer or a producer, we're all in this together. Um, and so I, you know, we're a lot more powerful if we work together. And so if we can have this platform that's that's educational and beneficial for so many people, um, you know, that that's the main goal. And so our vision was let's build the platform, let people come and uh, let's all work on this together. Um, you know, we've reached out to some some major companies in, in the in the egg space. Um, we're still yet to, to you know get some real good support out of them. Um, but we've got some good support out of yep. the partners that we do have Uh team being one of them, CLH right on. Uh, bid being another one. Um, you know, we got CFCW who uh, they've got a really good um, noon egg show put on by Dean Thorpe. So we, we carry that egg show on, on the business wide view app along with we're on their radio, that. giving new announcements. Um, we got SLRP, which is, is another service that helps uh, producers out uh, when they're dealing with uh, negotiations on their surface revenue that the oil and gas companies um, use their land for. Um, and so we got a, just a, such a wide variety of, of uh, good partners already, but uh, we, we, want, we want everybody to jump on. Um, we need everybody's support. This industry needs everybody's support. So um, the, our whole vision is let, let's build a platform to help, to help everybody. Um, we've been asked before, well, do you guys got competition in this space? And our answer is 
or no, we don't because we support everybody and everything in egg, whether you're a producer or an egg service um, provider. Mm. We just want to make that uh, one-stop egg shop for that busy on-the-go farmer or rancher to go to one location to get market information, to collaborate with other people within the industry, to know what egg events are, are going on, um, and, and a buy and sell uh, for marketing your products or, or looking if you're wanting to purchase something to help your operation out. And then, and then the egg channel that I spoke of earlier. Um, so we, we want, we're, we're trying to get as much as we can from the feedback we're getting from our followers to make it, um, very user-friendly for, for so many different people. I appreciate that, which is challenging because with that many user groups and trying to create something for everybody, I, I appreciate the drive for it, but I also, it's a, it's, it's a lot of work. Skylar, what's, what's, what's your perspective? And I appreciate you guys, different generations coming at technology and using it for a common goal, but I'm assuming you both have different roles too on how you, on what your roles are, even making this thing successful. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we definitely divide and conquer. Nice. Um, mm -hmm. BJ's not that great with technology. So What? What? I would never, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would never guess, right? Um, but yeah, I guess my vision, my vision of, you know, uh, a successful business wide view and where we want to get it to is like you said, provide a one-stop egg shop for, uh, everything right agriculture related, but also going back to like the profitability of this industry and how the margins are kind of tight business wide view is going to provide, um, or wants to provide different avenues where you can make money. And different ways to be successful. And if it fits for your operation, that's great. If it doesn't, try a different avenue that business wide you brought to your attention. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's kind of. And then, like we said earlier, educating consumers. I, I, you yeah, know, if I could I, just I'm interested to see that, how that how that channel. Yeah, please, please. Yeah, yeah. So just just to add to that, you know, um, just for the listeners that maybe aren't in tune with us producers, you know, I mentioned before that you know a lot of us producers got to have off farm income to make the farm carry mm -hmm. on. Um, the, the other thing that Skylar touched on earlier is, you know, we do, we, we bring livestock into our own homes to warm them up and give them the best chance to be healthy and, and grow into a source of protein. Um, and the other crazy thing about our industry is we do all this work for one payday. So we, we mm -hmm. feed that cow all winter long we we caver out we we maintain their health we we do the absolute best we possibly can not even knowing what we're getting paid for doing it until in the fall when we sell that calf crop that's our payday you know what other industry would would put that much time and effort and passion into doing what we do with not even knowing what we're getting paid for and and there's a lot all and that's what our that's what producers do and so it's important that when it is time for us to market our product, we need to make sure that we're checking all the boxes to get as much money for our efforts as possible so we can afford to do it again the next year. That's a really good, I think, and that's, if you're not in the industry, you probably have no perspective. And a lot of people, again, my food comes from the grocery store and I get paid every two weeks. Like that's not what ag looks like. And I really like what you said about like from a business perspective, you get paid once a year and now you've got to plan and manage that out, not knowing what the paycheck will be the following year. And if you have a lean year, like we we're joking before we got on, oh, geez, you know, it's beautiful out, but man, we really need some rain because it decides not to rain, no fault or impact of your own. And your payday gets cut by 30% or 50% six months from now. That's an intense concept that I don't think most people, if you haven't lived through it, cash flow management and planning for the future when you've got variables coming at you from every direction. Like it's not an easy nut to crack. <laughs> you guys, you, you're a unique breed because it's not a unique, it's not an easy road you chose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and and just I think going back allowing to the, the consumer to understand that. Yeah. 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 And, go ahead. You know, and, and sorry, Tyler. And just another thing on that is, um, you know, we, we all enjoy um, steak and eggs or burgers and beers, or a brisket, or a big juicy steak. <laughs> but, but, but the reality of that is it all starts with the cow-calf producer. And our cow numbers yeah. here in Alberta, Canada, United States, around the world, are declining. So unless we can start, and, and, and 
in my opinion, why are they uh, declining is because the margins are so tight. This is a very tough industry to be in. And, um, you know, most farmers and ranchers are warriors. They're, they're so passionate about it and stubborn. They, they won't, they won't quit unless they absolutely have to. But having said that, that makes it even more challenging for the younger generation to come into the industry because they have seen mom and dad, aunts and uncles, grandpas and grandpas struggle because there's so many factors that go along with our market. Whether whether it's the, you know Mother Nature's the main boss, you know we're we're in a we're in a couple year drought right now um, out here in Alberta. We're dry right now. We've got forest fire. We had plus thirty degrees first of may know. And, and and we've got grass fires and forest fires popping up all over the place here in the last few days uh so you know we need some rain for sure um and you know that that's just one aspect of it and that's totally out of um an egg producer's um control yeah and and that's just one thing that's out of our control yeah another thing um too is you know people listening are probably like Okay, so then why do you do it? That would be an easy talk. question to land on, Skylar. I agree. Yeah, yes, right? I agree. Like, well, why are these guys doing it? They sound like they just beat their head off against the walls, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's a lifestyle. And we are so passionate about it. And we absolutely love it. You know, waking up every day and getting on our horses and riding pasture through our cows with a family. You can't beat that. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. I, we honestly can't put it into words until you experience it. But like at the end of the day, those animals are our life. We love them more than probably each other some days. But it's it's amazing. You get to work alongside your entire family and love animals. So it's it's great. It, it's a great industry. We love it. It just the industry really needs help. I appreciate I appreciate the passion for it. And you're right. There is that like, well, why are you doing it then? And it's yeah. the it's the intangibles that are tangibles for sure. Um, let's fast forward five years, ten years. BJ, from your perspective, if this continues, the declining in the cattle numbers, and I've heard I've heard this from other people, not just from you guys today around across North America, is the impact we just don't have access to beef anymore, or becomes so absorbently expensive that it becomes this elitist food or food for the rich, which is a weird concept. And even while well, you get into quality of food, sometimes the dollar value does impact your ability to access good quality food, which then affects your health, which then affects our healthcare system, which then affects like the snowball effect is massive. Is that where we're headed if we don't do something different? It, it could be, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional in, in forecasting uh, that far out or, or in that level of detail, but um, it, it, it potentially could be. Um, and, and that and I think that's why we need to get ahead of the curve now. Um, you know, we we know what groceries are costing us in the store today. We know what the cost of living is happening to all of us it, it, it's it's going up and, and that goes right back to us producing what we produce as ag producers um so having said that we need to get ahead of the curve in my opinion and start using these different channels and these different networks and modern day technology to help us um make better business decisions so we can be sustainable and actually i don't like using the word sustainable because in some people's point of view that means stay the same we need to be more diversified as skylar uh alluded to earlier on i I appreciate words words matter and words have meaning sometimes that aren't aren't correct so when you start looking at like what you just said about using technology and thinking in a broader and uh, looking at other industries and learning what are some of the technologies let's get into the nuts and bolts like what are you seeing in terms of trends or is it you know obviously you can't turn on anything without reading about ai right now and machine learning and then of course we've got blockchain and we've got so many technologies that i run into every day in the business community but Farming is a business and ag is a business. What technologies or anything you're seeing that gets you excited or that you're really curious about that could have a real positive impact on the, in the ag space? I think all of that, you know, I think machine learning, okay. I, I think, uh, <laughs> yes, the no, answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the answer is totally yes, but I can give a couple of examples. Um, yeah, you please. Know, you know, the first step for business wide view was, okay. We got BJ and Skyler. We get it. They're ranchers. They're passionate about the industry, and they created a platform. So that was our first step. Let let's let's see if if we can gain that audience, and we've proven to do that. You know, in a, in a short period of time. So then, it's what's the next step? What what else can we do to help 
And that's when the podcast came. That's how the egg channel got created. And we've got all these other things that we would like to do. Not only we would like to do that are that our users are telling us that they would like to have. And we can hardly wait to get on them. Um, but, you know, we're looking for the right partners to help business wide view grow in in this rapid pace that we're currently doing. Um, it can go a lot quicker and faster if we have the right partners to to uh, help us out um, to get there quicker. Mm -hmm. And from a partner's perspective, is it partners that come in with different technologies, different areas of expertise? Sorry, that could be mean, that could mean the same thing, but yeah, getting back to like the tech that can impact you guys, what about the tech you're seeing that could actually be impacting the industry? Like, is it, is it an AI driven camera in the corner of the feedlot that identifies which animals are sick using uh, machine learning algorithms? Like I'm curious, like, again, how, how much you guys want to, or why not want to geek out on some of that stuff? Just things I've run into. We have a mutual friend, Wilson Acton from Tallgrass and some of the things they're investing in, you know, thinking back to my, you know, real time grain monitoring in the tank of the combine, telling you exactly what your quality of, of each kernel is, which then is going to drive price versus weight and some of the stuff that's happening i love seeing the technologies that we're all hearing about finding their way into the ag space anything around that or specifically as as protein producers that gets you guys excited yes oh, yeah there's so many that are yeah there's so many that are very interesting and and can help us um for an example here's one thing like labor is hard to find in agriculture yeah totally yeah right it's hard to find people who want to work in the industry so for an example, from a purebred perspective, um, a friend of ours actually talked about it on one of our podcasts. But uh, pure, lots of purebred people they AI their cows, okay. which means artificial insemination, right? So not um, artificial intelligence. It's good to clarify these days. When you <laughs> yeah. say AI, everybody jumps down Chat GPT road. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. Yep. So they would sit on a hill. They'll sit on a hill and watch their cows in a pasture and see which one is in heat, and then bring them into the corral and AI them. Yep. Well, there's a new technology out there that runs on heat detectant which Katie would get a message on her phone saying, hey, 336 is in heat, she needs bread. So she doesn't no longer have to consume a lot of time sitting on the hill. Yeah. She can carry on doing other things and okay, now we'll bring her in. So like stuff like that is super, super cool. And I think will be very beneficial for our for our industry. Uh, yeah, I, lo I love that. That was a very tangible and, and example. Yeah, yeah, that really Go good one, Skylar. I was just going to say, you know, back to um, our mutual friend, uh, Wilson from Tallgrass. Um, and you mentioned the cameras, uh, um, a cop, a AI cop and, uh, yeah. One so, cup, yeah. One, one cup, cup AI. one cup AI. One, one yep. cup AI. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, you know, he, now here's a camera that can, that can help that producer, um, do so many different things as he's multitasking, doing other things. Um, you know, I, I feel, you know, because I'm a, I'm a cow calf producer, I feel you know, on the farming side of things, I think they're probably ahead of us in in the technology, just with the auto steer okay. they have for okay, that's cool. equipment yep. versus the beef producer. And, you know, we had a, hmm. uh, another one of our podcasts. We were talking to a, a female that works at a feedlot. She manages a backgrounding lot. And, you know, we asked her, um, you know, what, what are some of the challenges as a backgrounding lot do, do you see? And her answer to us, or to me personally, was was very surprising. And she put it right back onto the cow calf producer, and she said, "You know, belly nuts are 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 a real issue for us. They take so much more time for us doing processing, and it, and it lacks that animal from gaining um, in the same pace as as ones that uh, um, do not have a belly nut." And I'm like, "Can we even say that word? Do people even know what that means?" But 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 what it what it goes uh, no back I do to. not know what that means I'm going to put up my hand I'm like I do yeah. not know what that means I'm going to ask for more clarity on that one <laughs> yeah so so basically now, see, now we're getting into it now we're getting into the lingo even for sure okay tell us a little bit what that is so at least the audience goes what the heck is he talking about now <laughs> sure sure yeah so you know well, when you calf out cows you get males and females and you you pick the males yep. um, some will will keep the males and and they'll keep them intact um, to use in their breeding program. Um, but okay. the majority of them get castrated, um, just so, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have unwanted breeding, um, to, uh, um, affect your program. So, you know, there's basically two methods, two main methods of going about that. One, one is, you know, you, 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 
use a knife and you cut them out and, and, you know, you physically hold the two testicles and, you know, you got them both. Another method is you band them. And um, at, at times, you know, whether you're cutting them or you're banding them, you might not get both testicles. So therefore, okay. because it's farther up, and and that's they're referred to as, uh, I, as I, belly. I nut. see. Okay. So, so yeah. So just going back to that, it's exactly you know, it's it, it, it's exactly what it is. I appreciate that definition. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly as it sounds. Thank you. Exactly <laughs> how it sounds, uh, Tyler. Um, you know, a couple before we started yep. doing business wide view. Um, you know, I was pretty confident. You know, I've been around this industry, um, pretty much my whole life, and. Um, you know, I, I was very confident in, you know, if people ask me questions, I was pretty confident in, in answering them. But since we've done business wide view, it's been a real eye opener for me how little I really do know. And that's what's so cool about it is <laughs> I really is, appreciate that statement. I, I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and it's so true. It is so true. The the people we get to meet uh, doing what we do, um, the learning we get out of it doing what we do is been so beneficial for um not only us personally but for for our operation um so yeah it's it's been a real fun ride so back to because I, I don't like to leave the story unfinished um back to uh belly nuts uh what what <laughs> do you now do to make that that because if that's her number one challenge and she's expressed that to you you're now the cow calf producer back mm-hmm. to now you're informed and now you have the information so this doesn't feel like a technological solution it feels like a know-how I, I don't know what do you do to solve the problem to make her life better so that this whole chain now runs more efficiently well, well i think we pay attention you know, I think we pay more attention now oh. <laughs> when, when we are okay, castrating, okay. right? It's, it's just not, you know, you just don't put a Joe Blow on that task. I think you got to put somebody that's okay. aware that this is an issue. And so when you're doing this task, let, let's make sure we've, we've got what, we, what we're after. And therefore, we're not um, causing any problems down the line. And if we can eliminate that in mm-hmm. our own operation, then when... You know, that good news travels just as well as bad news. And therefore, you know, them cattle buyers and them feedlots that have bought our calves before, they'll say, you know what, um, we want we want to use, uh, we want to buy cattle that came off HU ranches because, um, you know, they've got a heck of a team going there and, and they're paying attention to detail. Hmm. I, okay. I, I really, because again, the, the impact of that, it creates inefficiencies, it drives up costs, it makes the value of the product lower. Like everybody gets punished by something that uh, was just a careless moment. And it's such a great example of something how like at one point in the chain, it could just take a moment's focus and intention to do it right, but you do it wrong and you actually cause a negative impact down the line that you don't even realize. So I, yeah. I do appreciate just understanding and the, the connection of just understanding my, my, my actions result somewhere down the road, good or bad. It's up to me to drive that. But if I don't know, it's hard to fix a secret, that old joke, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, all these years that uh, we've been doing what we've been doing, you know, we, we sell our product and it goes to the next stage. So, you know, the cow-calf guy raises the calves to a certain weaning weight and then we strip them off their mothers and then they go to a backgrounding lot. Um, and then that's the next stage of, of taking something from, you know, you know, 500 pounds up to seven, 800 pounds. And then they will go to a finishing lot and that's where they would, you know, where they would, uh, you know, get up to um, harvest weight. And so, you know, without talking to all of the um, steps involved to, to get it to the consumer and knowing everybody's pain points and struggles, if we collaborate together, um, it just makes the whole industry more efficient. And believe it or not, you know, I, I've, I, I've reached out to different cattle buyers because we got some re- repeat buyers for our calves. Uh, in fact, our calves go to Ontario the last few years. And, um, you know, I, I said to the cattle buyer, I said, it should be nice to hear from the folks that are buying our calves <laughs> and giving us some feedback. And so we can, we can adapt and change accordingly and, 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 and continue building the relationship that we've already started. How do we grow that relationship and to have more trust and, and uh, make everybody's lives easier? And, and so again, that goes right back to business wide view. Yeah. Right. It goes back to collaboration, knowledge sharing, and, you know, pulling all, 
you know, we're all pulling this rope in the same direction. We're all in this together. Is that trend of being kind of dis- siloed, is that something that's been more of a modern phenomenon? I've been thinking back 30, 40 years ago, where people were just more connected and they knew each other and it was a different sense. We got to these large scale operations and all of a sudden these classic, you know, kind of silo uh, scenario starts happening, which happens in so many industries and so many large supply chains or companies for that matter. Is that just, did it not used to be like that? It's gotten like that. And now we need to do everything we can to kind of break those silos down to keep us efficient and profitable. Like I'm just, I'm just trying to think of, like, I'm going to paint an arc on the whiteboard here the trend i don't it doesn't feel like it it was always like that but now with bigger scale of everything i see where i could literally have fallen into that trap yeah uh you know i like that breaking down silos i i think you can look at that in in any industry or or i give many different examples and and i think that's what we need to do in our modern day world is is break down the or at least at least have a deeper dive of traditional ways or, or silos of doing things and, and get a get a wider view on how we how we go about it. Um, you know, just because we're an ag industry, that shouldn't limit us to what is the oil and gas industry doing? What is the manufacturing industry doing? You know, you know, you know, I go back to business wide view again, you know, I think to myself, there, yeah, you're right. There's all these other platforms out there. How did Facebook do it? How did Link, LinkedIn do it? How did Twitter do it? So we don't know. We're just ranchers that are trying to build a platform and 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 provide some tools and some educational information and and, and create some collaboration within our industry to help it out. So, um, you know, knowing or you know, taking experiences from other industries and and what other people are doing, um, and and being more um, diversified. Uh, let's keep using that word. Yep. Being more diversified in our space can only help. Uh, the industry out in a positive manner, in my opinion. I appreciate that. And I, I tend to agree. It's a question that I've often asked on the show. If I could put a couple industries together and put them in a room and force them to collaborate, who would be the best? So Skylar, I want to throw this question at you. If you were going to take the ag industry and all that it's, I know that's a broad statement, but you were going to put them in the room with health tech, biotech, aerospace, uh, oil and gas, defense. Who would you throw in the room? Let's, let's throw a couple people. Let's throw a couple groups in there. And we're going to throw them in the room for the weekend and force them to collaborate on all their challenges and all their opportunities to see who would come out the other end. Who would you put in the room? Uh, the first one's easy, marketing. Agriculture needs to be better at marketing. Oh, nice. Excellent. A woman uh, after my own heart. I'm a woman after my yeah. own heart. <laughs> yeah, marketing. Huge. We need to be better at that. Great. Um, Excellent answer. We did not plan that, everybody. That was an organic, <laughs> that was a natural response. <laughs> I got nervous when you're saying you're putting me on the spot because I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, marketing. <laughs> you jumped sure. at it. You jumped at it. Marketing. Yes, okay. That, that one was easy. Um, the second industry that I would throw in there, um, you know what? Oil and gas. They're okay. successful. Um, they could learn probably a little bit from the marketing too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they could. Telling their story, telling their story better as well. I agree. <laughs> yes. So probably marketing just or oil and gas because they're you know they're successful and they can they can make money and they can make money well and marketing because we need to tell our story better. So that was probably be my two industries. Nice, that's a, good, that's a good. That's a good. I like. I get BJ. Would you throw anyone else in there? If you could throw in a throw in a third wheel, who or a fourth wheel, who else would be in there? Because the ag is ag is hosting the party, and ag is inviting in these other groups. So who's the who's the third? Who else would you throw on that list if you could have a dream dream room of collaboration? You know, uh, off the top of my head, you know, manufacturing would be another one. Um, you know, I okay. you, know, you, you have all these. Being a tractor lover like yourself, uh, Tyler, um, you know, <laughs> if, if if those egg service equipment service providers uh, come to, um, and and I'm sure they do, um, but but if there was an easy way of doing that, and we could use business wide view to do this as well, and, and that is let them hear from the producer, what 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 kind of what kind of tweaks would you want to do to a to a seed drill? What kind of tweaks would you want to yep. do to a feed wagon? You know, and then that goes back to the ranching side of things too. You know, what what handling systems make sense? Um, what's the best way to take care of the health of uh, of our animals? Um, whether we're you know we, we we're giving them some penicillin or or, or fighting a pneumonia or or a scours or whatever mm-hmm. virus they might have at the time. You know, so you know you could bring in pretty much any industry you wanted. 
to collaborate with the agriculture industry. And I think we could all uh, walk away after that weekend and being locked into that room um, with some learnings. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, curious, taking this a little bit, taking our, our, our wide view and making it even wider. I'm going to, we got to use the name. It, it works. It's perfect. I, I love how it shows up and how, why you guys chose it. Cause it makes perfect sense. There's no need to go. So why did you choose wide view? It's clear. Globally, we think on a larger scale. We think about what happens in the Netherlands. We think of what happens in Eastern Europe. We think about maybe Eastern Europe is a bad option these days because there's lots of turmoil there. Where do you guys look or do you have a perspective or do you also believe that's important to look at the other because we all eat and it's all tied to farming somewhere, right? So when you look at other parts of the world or if that's something you've spent any time with, where do we look? Is there anywhere that we were inspired by the way they do things that's a little bit different or that we can learn from or that, you know, anything you've run into? And, you know, where does business wide view stop when it comes to the, outside of North America or, or, or does it probably doesn't? <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I think it goes beyond North America for sure, you know, um, and and I think we're just tapping into it, you know, being involved with Business Wide View, it's allowed me to have an opportunity to talk to so many different people, and, and I remember talking to someone over in Europe, and, you know, just going back yeah. to, you know, the last 20 years, everybody's had to scale really big with multiple acres or multiple head of cows, and, and that's how we got, that's the only way we can survive in this industry, you know, I was talking to a guy um, over in Europe, and I believe it was in Brazil. He was sharing a story with me that he was talking to another producer. And this other producer was um, a protein farm. That, that, that's how he marketed himself. And so I couldn't help. Yeah, I couldn't help but, but ask, my, ask him, like, what do you mean by a protein farm? Like, what are they into? And it was really cool. And um, what he told me was, you know, they have this building so they got a smaller footprint operation as we would typically see over here in alberta and so they have they have this building that they have all these chickens in and then the below that building they have a man-made pond where they have trout fish and so what the chicken doesn't use the fish use and then you take the water out of your man-made um fish tank if you will and you have liquid fertilizer yep, to put yep. on on your land for your cows that are on surface grazing. And I thought to myself, wow, that's now getting diversified. Hmm. So now you don't need yeah, yeah, tens yeah. Of, of thousands of acres. You don't need, you know, 500 plus cows. Maybe we need to, again, keep learning um, what other people are doing around the world and see if that fits our model for what we want to do, regardless where we live. I love that when you look at other jurisdictions where 10,000 acres is a like they can't even conceive that. They've got small footprints, there's a high density of population, there's a need, but they just don't have the land. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. land is a, almost a default, like like Calgary. Oh, Calgary's sprawling because we've got the land. You look at places where they've got geography, like whether it's Vancouver and it's hemmed in, they had to think very differently about where they put their population because they couldn't just keep pushing out into a farmer's field to build the land. So I do love where forced, like kind of forced things created innovation. I really love that. And you're also, you're controlling some of your own supply chain. You're not getting dinged by fertilizer prices because you're creating your own fertilizer. Like that's a, that's a really neat, but oftentimes we've got to get forced before we do that. Right. So when you see some of the things happening in Western Canada, like the drought, things that we can't control, are we at a point where people are changing because we're getting forced to like, has it got there yet? Is the pressure enough that people are willing to try harebrained ideas for lack of a better way to describe it? Totally. 100%. Um, you know, okay. I think that's part of the reason. <laughs> that was a hard yes. That was a hard yeah, yes. Yeah, that, that was a hard yes. And, and, and I will back that up with a couple of examples. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why our, our cow numbers have been declining. So our our calf prices have been, you know, um, below what they needed to be for producers to, to expand and, and keep carrying on. So they've converted their ranch land into farmland because there was better profit okay. in growing a grain than there was growing a, a, a calf. Um, so, so, you know, when, when you start have seeing that, that sort of stuff happening, people are, want to stay in the industry. So they're looking for different ways on how they do that. And because we had a portion of people, you know, start getting into either a mixed, um, which is a good idea as well. If you could do it, you know, being a farmer and being a rancher and having a mixed operation, I think is ideal because having the livestock mm -hmm. on your farmland 
only helps your farmland. Like you said earlier, yeah. you're creating your own fertilizer. You're creating your own yeah. um, aeration of of the land. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, that's probably that's why I was such a you know I agreed with jumped on that so quickly. I, I think for sure. <laughs> What's interesting, growing up in southern Quebec, like I said, the, the standard footprint of a farm, which is grown, but it was 100 acres, they typically had 30 or 40 head. The head would graze in a certain field. You'd grow corn in another field. You'd maybe have silage in one. You'd have small grains in another. You'd obviously have rived your hay. And it was a very self-sustaining environment. And they were producing, obviously, milk was one of their outputs. And whatever grains they didn't need, they would just sell those at market prices and they'd store the rest for feed. It was a very kind of, sustain- like, we talk about sustainability as this trend. And like I like it you said, it sometimes implies staying the same but being able to you know what is it what did i what did i hear the other day using a resource today that doesn't negatively affect you tomorrow is 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 a good way to define sustainability because if you use it up today and it hurts you down the road then it wasn't a sustainable practice and i did i like that as a way to kind of because it's again it's a word that gets thrown around but i saw those farms all of a sudden they just couldn't get enough revenue off that hundred acres to make it work and they either had to get more cows or more land or, or both but at their fundamental formula it was pretty they lived inside their own and then they traded with each other up and down the road. Everybody helped everybody. Like it was very much a communal approach, but it worked at a smaller scale. It feels like, you know, but that was 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, that's, that's what's another really cool thing about being in the egg industry. You know, our neighbors are down the road and, and um, you know, you can call them at any given time. In fact, you don't even have to call them. You, you have neighbors rolling into the field with calm. <laughs> Trust me, it's a small town. They neighbors. know they know what you're doing. They know what yeah. you're doing before you do. It's a small town. I know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, so what is BJ up? What is BJ up to now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, having having neighbors and having good neighbors is is such a key to being in the egg space because without good neighbors and family and friends, you, you got nothing or it's a, it's a hell of a lot harder to do. That's for darn sure. So, you know, bouncing back to, you know, what business wide is trying to do uh, again, our, our neighbors aren't down the road. Our, our neighbors are to the province and countries beside us and around us. Um, yeah, and I, lo- so I love that. I love that. You seen that. I mean, we, we got to, we, you got to have neighbors and, and you got to have, um, you know, different ideas and, and different tips and, and tricks of, of doing what we do. And uh, utilizing, you know, um, these technologies to, of reaching out to a, a, a farther community of, of neighbors is, is uh, I think, part of our key success of uh, being, being profitable in the agriculture industry. I'm re- I really love that value proposition that you've put forward of like, let's take all the negative things of social media off the table and all the whatever. Let's take about your community now can be around the world because you all share a common common interest or a common passion and you can connect using technology where I love it. You know, neighbors are a make or break for you and ag are living in a rural environment, but now your neighbors technologi- with technology can be around the world. And what can you learn from them? That's a really cool value proposition to think about how the community actually has always functioned. Functioned. Now, how do we how, how do we scale that? You're scaling it with technology, which really resonates to me. Uh, loud and clear of one of the real underpinnings of what's going to is what is making and what's going to continue to make business wide view a success. I really I really like that. That's your neighbors. It's a heck of a lot harder. That's, that's quote of the day from you, BJ. On that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's your that's a t shirt, and then underneath business wide view, your neighbors yeah. are everywhere. I love it. Yeah, sorry. I just got to get a little marketing in here somewhere. somewhere I can't <laughs> <Yeah>. help it. <laughs> Um, so if people want to obviously go to the website, you've got an app, what, like, obviously just go check it out. You've got so much information on here, even from the market reports. If someone's curious and they're a consumer and they're from a consumer side, where should they go? Is there an area that would be more oriented for someone who maybe doesn't know the lingo, who doesn't know what the lean hog price actually means or what corn price means? Mm-hmm. Where would they go on the site if they're, if they're more on the consumer side? If you're on an ag producer side, you're going to know and understand a lot of this content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, honestly, I would say all of our modules, and uh, so we've got a okay. a, a market, uh, and that will, that has you know different um, commodity prices in the egg industry, futures of different products in the egg industry, um, so they can really know what what's going on there in that space. We also do have a, a weekly cattle report um, that we kick out, brought to us by team. We've actually got a weekly grain report that is brought to us by Eggfinity. Nice. Um, we do our, our, our podcast on a weekly basis as well. Um, and, and I would like nice. to circle with that. We had a really cool uh, guest um, here, uh, our last episode, which is going to get released on Friday. Um, 
And then, and then we've also, but getting back to your question, the consumer can also go to the ag network and, and that's where there's some really uh, educational um, news articles and different posts, uh, ag related, educational only. It's not an entertainment platform. It's an educational platform. Then we, then we've got our, okay. our, our events page. Um, so if they want to go to a, an agriculture trade show or a farmer's market or, or know what, what's going on and for ag events, a, a webinar, a seminar, um, they can find some of them on our event side. And then we've got our buy and sell. Um, now, if there are some producers selling boxed beef or some uh, vegetable canola cooking oil or, or what have you, some, some uh, wine, uh, home-raised wine from some of the, the fruits that they're, they're growing on their farm, uh, they can jump on there and, and get connected uh, with the producer uh, directly. Awesome. And then with the Ag Channel, um, you know, they, they can watch short videos. And p- part of our um, channels on, on the Ag Channel is the day in the life of the farmer and rancher. But it's also the service, the Ag service providers, promoting what they might have new for technology that uh, they want to start promoting uh, to us producers or, or, or consumers. Okay. I love it. Hey, just curious. I'm on your buy and sell page right now. As you're talking, I'm kind of skimming through the site. There seems yeah. to be a lot of land for sale uh, or there's a lot on here right now. Is there a lot of land moving and trading hands in Western Canada right now? What's happening kind of in that side of it with rural and ag- ag's focused land? There sure seems to be. Um, we've got a partner. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's certainly the impression bid. I'm getting. Cause that's what I'm seeing here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and I, I actually do some work for CLH bid on, on the side in my, in my free time. And, um, yeah, you're right. There, okay. there is <laughs> all that free time farmers have, right? <laughs> Skylar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there is some, there, you know, there's, there's some, there's, there's some land, lots of land coming up for sale. Um, and you know what, to me, okay. that's an indication that the family operations are starting to leave because the next generation doesn't want to take over. Um, it could mean, yeah, that. yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. that could mean that. Um, the other yep. thing it could mean is, um, you know, succession planning is a big thing that our users have asked us and asked us for that. We had, uh, MNP, uh, one of the largest egg, uh, accounting firms on, on an episode. And, and we mm-hmm. talked a little bit about succession planning and, you know, CLH bids team's really good at that as well. Um, in fact, one of the owners of CLH bid, um, was a name partner for, uh, NMP up in Grand Prairie. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if, if you're thinking about selling farmer ranch land, I, I would definitely recommend reaching out to, uh, CLH bid and, and, uh, talking to that team. I appreciate that. Just curious, your own perspective, uh, this is this is selling. Who's who's buying the land? Like, is it other farms looking to expand kind of the grow model? Are you seeing kind of corporate oriented farms coming in, snatching up a bunch of land to kind of get a, a mass, a big pool of opportunity? What, who, who's doing the buying right now? And again, just armchair perspective on what you're seeing or what you're hearing. I think both. I, I think they're they're okay. um, family operations wanting to expand, and I and you know I think the investor, yep. you know, depending on on the. Well, you know, the parceling of it and, and the location of it, um, yeah. you know, there's investors also uh, investing in a culture land right now as well. Okay, interesting perspective. Well, you guys are going to be my go-to for all things ag go forward, just so you know. I hope that's okay. I'm going to be like, okay, I've got an ag question. I'm calling up Skylar MPJ for sure. Um, I come on your show and just ask you questions about what you're seeing and what you're learning because I love trends and I love understanding and trying to get inside because from the outside, you often get a skewed perspective of what's happening in an industry. If you're not connected to it, you see some headline that doesn't really, you know, that misleads you or doesn't capture what's actually happening. I think universally, every farmer I could talk to right now would say we need rain. So we know that's a trend right now. And yeah. Hopefully we get some. Selfishly, I just I like Alberta much more when it's green than when it's a brown dust dust bowl for sure, hundred percent. Um, Businesswideview.com, check it out. If someone wants to get a hold of either of you, is there a preferred? Do they go on the website? Can they connect with you? Have a chat? They want to help. They want to support. They want to contribute. Is it LinkedIn? What are your preferred forms of communication? BJ, what do you what do you love? What's the best way to get a hold of you if somebody somebody wants to have a, a brass tacks conversation with you? <laughs> You know, I, I, I love chatting about egg uh, and, and, and especially cows. So um, I, I can be reached through the website, uh, contact us, uh, just attention to BJ. It, it, it will get to me. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, so, yeah, a variety of different ways. Uh, shoot me an email, uh, BJ Fuchs at businesswideview.com. Um, there lots of different ways to reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. 
I appreciate that. Skylar, what's your, in all the ways we can communicate, what's, do you have a preferred? Is it email? Is it LinkedIn? <laughs> uh, yeah. LinkedIn or through our website is, is easiest for me and easiest for our users. So either or works. That, that's amazing. Thank you both for your passion. Clearly, you're, like what you're doing and why you're doing it. You know, farmers and ag people are a special breed. I couldn't agree with you more. And I was really happy to have both of you on the show. And thanks for indulging me a little bit, going back to my John Deere roots and let me kind of shop that around. It felt good. I'll go, I'm sure I got a John Deere hat or t shirt around here somewhere. I'm going to, I should I'm wear that for our next podcast. I'll wear my John Deere t shirt. And then you'll wear your Case IH one and then we'll battle it out. Uh, no, I've really enjoyed chatting with you both. Thank you for the insights and the perspective. And I do believe, and I'm going to say this very optimistically, that as consumers, and I'll speak from the consumer side, we are starting to get a lot more appreciation of like, well, where did our food come from? And I'll pay a, a, maybe a dollar more because I know that it's grass fed, or I know that it was a family that produced it. And I know a lot of people that are starting to ask those questions now. So I'm going to be optimistic as I tend to be that we are moving in the right direction, but like always sooner, the better, faster is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we love to hear it. And we love to hear that people are curious because uh, yeah, we need to be. They need to be. So that's yes. Awesome. Start with curiosity. That is my. I, if you wake up curious, it's, you're gonna you're gonna have a good day because you're gonna learn something new. Thank you both for coming on the show. I really enjoyed it. That was an awesome chat. Thank you. Thanks Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it.